in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. It says, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. When God went to the cross, and as He hung there, well, today we sing the song, You're Worthy of It All. But God looked down and said, I know you're in sin right now, but you're worthy of it all. You said, but my background and my circumstance and my situation, my mess, my, my, my sins, my failures. And he said, it's worthy for me to take that. I want to take every last bit of it. I, I, I want to heal you. I want to change you. I want to deliver you. It was worthy of God becoming man and taking our sins and dying on a cross. He found you worthy. Can we give him worship right now? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, God, you are holy. Hallelujah. Anoint your word, Lord. Speak into our hearts and lives and change us. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. In the book of Luke, chapter 24... Verse 13, it says, And behold, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus, which from Jerusalem, which was from Jerusalem about threescore furlongs. Glad we don't measure that way today. That's about seven miles. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. And it came to pass while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. Today I'd like to talk to you about your road to Emmaus. Your road to Emmaus. And in this passage in Luke, this comes, you got to put yourself back in the moment in the situation. These gentlemen, they're talking about it. When Jesus approaches them, he makes it so that they don't recognize him. He, he, uh, kind of blinds their eyes a little bit, he, he, so they don't really realize who they're with. And, and he approaches them and begins to walk with them, and they begin to spill the beans about what's going on. We can, he said unto them, verse 17, What manner of communications are these that you have one to another as ye, talk, as ye walk and are sad? And one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answering, said unto him, Art thou the only stranger, only a stranger in Jerusalem? And hast thou not known all the things which are come to pass therein these days? And he said unto them, What things? Ah! Oh, the, these Cleopas and his, his compatriot there, they were walking along and, and they were distressed. Why? They begin to tell him. You see, they had trusted in Jesus, that he would be everything that they needed him to be. They thought he was going to be the one that would save Israel, that would restore the kingdom. 
that these children of Israel from the time of Abraham promises had gone out, that finally this nation would no longer be under bondage, that they would have recovered from, from their mistakes, their sins, their things that had sold them into, to, um, into slavery with Assyria and Babylon, and, and, and that everything was going to come back together. These men had chosen to walk with them, many, for the full three and a half years. And, and their careers were changed. And, and perhaps some people in their families or in their circles crossed their arms and looked at them and said, what do you think you're doing? We're a little distrusting. And so they had all their hopes and dreams there. But they didn't understand exactly what it was that Jesus was doing, even though... He told them. Some of you feel that way in your walk with God. You've heard a lot of messages preached. You've been in a lot of mighty church services. You've felt God so strong. Promises have gone out. You have hopes and you have dreams and desires. And, and then you hit a wall and you're like, what happened here? And then I got some of you sitting over here saying... Man, I didn't listen to anything that Jesus said. Or I listened to half of it, but then I kind of went and did my own thing. So, so the devil's over here. He's hitting you upside the head and says, you shouldn't even be here. You know, there was a disciple for every one of you here today. There was a disciple that doubted. There was the disciple that cursed about Jesus and said, I don't know him. There, 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 was, there was disciples that were not part of the 12, but part of the larger group that that forsook and went out because the teachings were too hard. They didn't understand all of it. They didn't quite get what was going on. And, and, and now these two gentlemen, their hopes are dashed. Why? Because he was taken and they saw it. And he was lifted up in front of all the nation of Israel. This was supposed to be the time. You see, they had traveled down from Galilee. And they were like, a whole group of them had, a large group. They were coming for the Passover, and they introduced their Messiah to Jerusalem. And all those Galileans, they laid out their robes on the streets, and they brought down the palm leaves, and they shouted, and they wanted all of Israel to understand, we, he's been preaching amongst us, he's been healing, he's been delivering, this is the one. And just a few days later, he's being beaten by the... And the very religious leaders there are turned on him and have taken him to court. And he's being beaten. And then he's hung on a cross in front of everyone. And they watched their hopes die. And now three days have passed. It's three days, third day. And some women come running in that morning and say, Oh, we saw angels in the tomb. He's empty. And you read in Luke, they were disbelieving. Now everybody, the, the very, how do you think they felt when they came running to the very disciples that they had walked with and they said, you won't believe it, Tony, you won't believe it. And they're over there going, huh, really? You got an Andrew saying, for real? No. The whole country knows about what went on here. Everybody in Jerusalem he was hung on that cross. It, 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 the veil was torn in two. There was an earthquake shaking. It was, there was happenings around here. 
They're like, no, it's true. Meanwhile, you have God. God who became man. Who went through all that hurt and pain. Every last beating. Who wept in the garden and, and, and said, not my will, not this human flesh will. Oh, but your will be done. Oh, this has got to come to pass. Great drops of blood sweat. Oh, it was, he was intending to go all this way. He was intending to, to, to finish the job. The cross. The cross. You see, what he did here was considered foolishness by the Greeks. Why? <laughs> now, you've grown up with this teaching all your life. And I, I think all of you, at least I hope you have, have celebrated Christmas. And have an understanding that, that, that when God became man and was born in a manger. And, and, and so you have this and you, you, you've heard about it. But back in that day, to be human was to, to be at a spot where you were, you were imperfect. And, and this is what you struggled with. And, and so they, why would God put on humanity? And to the Greeks, that was foolishness. Who would do something like that? But God never thought he had to comply with man's thinking. God never once thought, I got to do it the way you think is best. And I got to fit the box that you put me in. Oh, would God, God, he's pure and, 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 and he can't be dirtied by us. And, and, and he, No, God wouldn't do that. And God's like, oh, but I would. And at the very least, he would come into a king's house to be born. Oh, no, I won't. I'm going to go to a stable. I'm going to go to a manger. And as he was in that tomb, oh, and I, I, I just, I can just see it, right? That, that stone's getting ready to be rolled away. And, and then I see Jesus on the other side. Yeah, come on. <laughs> this is the way I've ordained it. This is the way it's going to be. Oh, he had carefully folded those, uh, oh, that napkin. Oh, it's there, everything, it's there, it's waiting. He's like, uh-uh, that's not where I need to be anymore. Oh, I just needed to be here long enough to prove to them that I had literally died. Oh, but now this tomb's going to open. Oh, I've ordained an angel to come down to do it. I'm going to spring forth. I'm sorry, I'm getting just a little bit excited today. I'm not really apologizing, by the way. Mm -mm. And he comes out. Oh, and he says, he visits Mary first, right? She's weeping. And she can't see who he is either. And then he, and he says, who do you seek? And she says, she's like, are you the gardener? I want to know where they laid the body. And then he says, Mary. <laughs> and through her tears, she, she couldn't recognize him. But all of a sudden, there's something about when he calls you. There's revelation that occurs. Oh, there's, when in, in a little bit, we're going to talk about how he broke the bread. See, he's the bread sent from heaven. Oh, he's the bread that was broken on the cross. And so when he would stand in front of them, and he would take some bread in his hand, and he would break it, just like when we celebrated communion last week. And, and, and the, something about in that breaking of bread, his disciples, there was something that would grip them. And when he said her name, she was Rabboni, Master. Oh, you're everything. You really are here. Oh, I'm so glad I came to the tomb today. I'm so glad I didn't walk out on you, Jesus.
I'm so glad I came back. I don't care what others think. You're everything I ever wanted. And so these two gentlemen, they've heard these stories. And they're trudging seven miles. Now, how fast do you walk? I thought, man, could I do a mile in 15 minutes walking? Is that about where I'd be at, 12, 15 minutes? And I went to Google, right? What Google said matched mine. That, that seven miles is probably two and a half, three hours just clipping along. And they're on a walk away from where the happenings have occurred. They're on their way out of Jerusalem. I don't know if that's where their, their place was or where they had a place to stay. I don't know about these two gentlemen, but they were on their way to Emmaus. And Jesus, of all the people, uh, Sister Powell, of all the people out there he could go to. Now we find out he also went to Peter. But of all the people, these two guys, we know one's Cleopas, we don't know the other guy. They weren't part of that 12. Oh, but they're walking and they're talking and they're like this and they're like, oh, what's, oh, and, and do you, do you understand? And, and, and have any of you been on that sort of journey? I've been on a lot of journeys in life. I've been lost a few times. I've gotten stuck in a few places. And sometimes when I'm in those places, that's when I'm literally like this. I remember we got, I talked dad into it. Dad, when we go on vacation this year, can we take the blazer? That's not a jacket. That was a, like an SUV. And we headed down this road. And I was like, Dad, because we want to drive that road. And all the cars we take when we camp there don't work. So he says, yeah, we'll go there. And we take it. Spent a lot of gas money because it was inefficient. Drove across the state of Iowa to those bluffs, if you've ever been there. And we get over there. And I'm like, we're doing this road. And when we approached the stream, and there was no bridges, you had to cross it, we see tucked in the brush, road closed. And I'm like, nope, Dad, that's from a long time ago. <laughs> We've got to do it. And of course, to add to it, we had Mom and the sister in the car. And you know Mom just loves those sorts of trips. <laughs> and so we head down the road, and we hit, there's this big water hole. And dad gets out and he checks the depth and he says, oh, it's okay. And then another one, and I'm like, man, he should just go for it. Why does he keep checking the depth? Checks the next one. Finally, we come to one and he's like, they've all been good. And we, boom, bottomed out. And all we have is a tire iron and a jack. And so he tries to jack the car up and we're scraping at mud underneath of it and a downpour hits. And mom's even enjoying the trip even more. So we stayed outside of the truck, and we were drenched, and I began to get rocks and brush, and we began to pack it under the tires, and, and finally, Dad says, the, the jack broke. I've scraped at the mud with the tire iron. See, we were on a journey, <laughs> and I'm sure he was like this, and I know Mom was like this. What were you people thinking? Why did you get me here? And he prayed. And you know, for my story, Jesus showed up right there. And he said, in Jesus' name. And he put that thing in reverse where the tires had been spinning freely in water. I would have thought every bit of rock and thing we'd put under there would have been kicked out. And whoo, we backed right out. And you know what we did? We turned around. And we headed right back where we came from. 
we weren't going to try going the other direction anymore. You know, these guys on this road to Emmaus, they weren't driving a blazer. They didn't have a Chevy. But they were on their journey. And they were in the middle of a predicament. And see, my mud hole experience here, that's some of your lives. Because you're driving along. And you've hit some things. And you're like, where's God even at? And you know what? I have a great idea here. And over here is a sign that says road closed. And, and you're like, you know what? I, I don't know. Things back there can't be for real. And I, I think I'm just going to try this way. And, and, and things start to you hit one mud hole. And, and then you hit another mud hole. And you, and you think, oh, you know, what's going on here? And, and, and you're frustrated. And you're beside yourself. And, and you maybe want to pull your hair out. And you wonder, how did you get here? Can anybody relate? Because I can relate to that too. And you put yourself down, and you put God down, and you put the church down, and, and, and you, you, you put your family down, and, and, and you're down on everything. You're just down in the mouth. And then you find yourself at the road's end, or your road's end. See, the road could keep going, but you hit a spot, and Jesus shows up. And so for them... Jesus showed up on this trip, and, and they weren't bottomed out in a mud hole, but Jesus began walking with them. And for them, it, might, it was like he put another rock under the tire. And he said, hey, oh, you, you foolish and unbelieving people, and why, why don't you get this? And, and, and his authority came out. See, they're walking along, they're like, you don't even know what happened? And then he hears, and then he says, well, let me tell you. And he takes the scripture and he begins to walk through it. Oh, he takes it and he says, let me start at the very beginning. Oh, you know what? Because up until that point, the Torah, the word of God and the temple for the, the, the Jew had been the center of everything. And everything went around that temple and around the ark that was in the middle. And, and, and in there was the Ten Commandments. But Jesus was the bread, the word from heaven. And he said, wait a second you got to recenter yourself here. Oh, and he put himself in the middle of it. He said, everything that's happened here was talking about me. Oh, but they didn't know it was him. And he began to show them. Oh, and their hearts begin to burn. And they begin to say, oh, man, something got a hold of them. And, and, and they finally, they get further in their journey. And it's, it's, it's evening time. And they hit their house. And, and you don't want to be out on the roads anymore. You want to get there in time. Why? Because somebody might rob you. And they're like, could you just please stay with us? Could you just stay? Could you just stay? Because so many of you have found yourself down a road someplace. And God's been whispering in your life but you didn't recognize him for who he was. But he still is whispering, and he's talking to you, and he's pulling on you, and you go through rough moments, but he's saying, hey, it may not be what you thought it should be, but he's still God. And you think he's gone from you, but he's not. And the best is yet to come. Ah, and he begins to show them and to expound. To reveal. And they constrained him to stay. Pulled on him. I love that phrase. And he said unto them, what things? What things? I just want to ask you. 
what things? What do you got? What do you want to tell them about? What, what, what's going on? And then he begins to reveal. And as he opened up and he shared. And in a little bit we'll be coming to a close. But he took that bread. And he broke it. Just as he was broken on the cross. And when he broke it. Suddenly. They're like you're it. You're him. It's all true. You really did. There was something after the stone. There was another side to the tomb. Oh, you you really are the one. You are the one. This is why, and I opened up reading out of 1 Corinthians. This point of the resurrection, the empty tomb. It'll be just another moment, Sister Betty, but um, this empty tomb. The early disciples, they didn't have conferences with debate. Where they stood around and said, so was Jesus real? Did he do this? But did he really rise again? No. They didn't say, let me give you a theological explanation. They they didn't have to sort through all of it. Why? Well, let me just read it from you in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 5. And that he was seen of Cephas, that's Peter, then of the twelve... And after that, he was seen of above 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some are fallen asleep. After that, he was seen of James, then of all the apostles. And this is Paul speaking. And last of all, he was seen of me also as one born out of due time. Oh, I want to tell you today, why didn't they need some theological debate, Joey? It's because he said, I was there. I was there. Oh, Brother Hawthorne, you want to know something? You can tell me that God didn't do it, but he healed my body. And he filled me with his spirit. I was there. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, I was there. I was there. It was my experience. And I didn't know how to provide. He came through. I was there. And they're saying, hey, you know what? Do you know why he's here? They put it on the resurrection. Everything here and everything he taught is real. And his coming back is real. Why? Because the tomb is empty. And we saw him. Oh, give him a hand clap. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, give him that hand clap. Oh, blessed are those that haven't seen me and yet believe. That's what he told Thomas. In all their confusion and struggle. Ah, But when they thought they were alone, they weren't walking alone. No, Jesus disappeared from their presence. Jesus did not give them a command like he did the ladies. He told the ladies, go tell the disciples, tell them I'm going to be in Galilee, go do it. He didn't give these two guys a command. Some of you are looking for what what should I do? What should I do? (laughs) You know what they did? They said, you know what, what are we doing here? What are we doing in Emmaus? 
What are we doing in our water hole right here? Oh, they didn't say, they didn't say, well, we met Jesus, isn't that great? Now let's go on with what we planned. They turned around. I don't care it's evening time. I don't care who's going to rob me on the way. I don't care what dangers I have to face. I don't care it's another two-hour journey back. I'm sure they shortened it up from three. Uh, but they begin to clip their way back to Jerusalem. And they got back there. And they told the disciples. And then you know what happened there? Jesus showed up again. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, give him another hand clap. Oh, I wouldn't have wanted to stay in Emmaus. But I want to go share. Oh, others need to hear about this. Oh, others need to know. Hallelujah. They need to know what this is all about. So I don't know where you're at today. Where you're at in your journey to Emmaus. But if we could stand to our feet. I don't know if you've gotten so discouraged and down and out. And you don't know what to do. I don't know if you've just had a revelatory moment where you just you saw God and for what He is in your life. And if you haven't, I want you today to see Him. To see Him. Because Jesus didn't come to fit your theology. He came to save your soul. It says, for the Jews require a sign and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block and unto the Greeks foolishness. But unto them which are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. And I'll go back again. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power. God came and rescued you. And you didn't get, I know you've heard the, the, the phrase, you didn't get better to get God. You got God to get better. So wherever you're at on your road, whether you need to just connect with him today, or it's time for you to go and tell others, I want you to tip your face up towards heaven. We've enjoyed his presence today. We've worshipped him. We've praised him. But he's worthy of it all. So can we lift our voices up another time here? And I want you to lift your face up because you don't need to have shame anymore. Because he became shame. Who knew no shame? When he was put up on that cross, it was a shame. All of his disciples got to see him shamed before the world. Oh, my God. My God. I love you, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. You're my Lord and Savior. Oh, I praise you, God. You're everything that I need.